Fast, efficient, and affordable business-grade hosting solutions, domain registration, SSL certificates, and more. We also monitor and provide website security and update services, website builds, email hosting, amongst other sensational products. If you have a question about your web page or your presence on the internet in general, no job is too big or too small. Visit our website today, or better yet, contact us at blueoceanwebhosting.com.au and leave your website issues to us. Big ones, little ones, fiddly ones, powerful ones. The ones for the car or the truck, caravan, boat, mobility scooter, solar system. In fact, for any kind of battery, go straight to Battery Central Ipswich. They'll even help you when you know what you need to power but have no idea what'll do the job. Battery Central Ipswich, 280 Brisbane Street, West Ipswich, in the yellow building. Expert advice, better batteries, best prices every day. That's Battery Central Ipswich. Welcome to episode 780 of the Aussie Techheads. I'm Jason Oakley and this is Will Tomkinson. Hey, Will. Who told you? How's stuff going? Uh, slowly. Slowly. Surely. <laughs> no, 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 surely. Just slowly. <laughs> slowly and very, very unsurely. That's how I like it here in the country. Better steady as a mountain got on a cliff. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And if you've seen The Simpsons, that is an entirely different sort of steady. But. <laughs> Still one of my favourite scenes in that show. Kind of like that's when, how old uh, I am. Homer, I remember this. I remember watching episode one of The Simpsons like when Homer was jumping over the gorge on the skateboard. <laughs> skateboard. <laughs> Look at me, I'm uh, king of the world. Ah! And then the ambulance come, picks him up, and crashes, and he falls back down again. Don't, don't, I wonder. Don't. Wonder how many young people there. I don't even realise Simpsons been around that long. It's had time to do. So many seasons and a movie that yeah. most people have yeah. heard of. I think they got more movies planned. Are they? Yeah. And they've, well, I mean, they've probably got a lot planned, but I mean, how many are they going to get to do? Yeah. I can't believe it's still running, honestly. Like, it's been going for, what is it, 23 years or something? Yeah, it's the longest comedy show, I think, altogether, really. Well, uh, I think it's the longest, apart from some of your soapies, I think it's the longest season format like um episode episodical show yeah i I know um uh flintstones was the longest running cartoon series yep and then i think even now there's only two or three that have beaten it like family guy um i don't know if it's king of the hill or futurama south park Park and simpsons yeah yeah simpsons did it Hey, Simpsons did it. There was an Simpsons episode of first. South Park. They kept on saying Simpsons did it first. Simpsons did it first, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, they'd been running for ten years by the time South Park come around. <laughs> so, fair chance they had. Yeah. I mean, your yeah. only competition to Simpsons at one point was either Teenage Mutant, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on this extreme, or Ren and Stimpy on this extreme. I was going to say Ren and Stimpy. I'm glad you picked that. <laughs> There wasn't much, you know, there wasn't much in the middle. There was this or this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I saw, 
I was watching a, a YouTube the other day and he had like 30 seconds of Randy Stimpy in the middle of his video. I'm like, man, I hated that show then and I hate it even more now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just can't Stimpy, do it. Stimpy, you idiot. You almost killed me, man. It was just so bad. I'd prefer to watch... Um, and poor Billy West ended up having to do both the characters, record all the rain lines, and then go through, do all the stimpy lines, screaming for like eight hours a day, and go home and get. I can't <laughs> yeah, what well, was dumb though at school? I think I was in grade seven or eight. Yep. On like when we had like washout sports days and stuff, we'd go to the common room, and back when they had VCRs and and TVs. The kids remember those things, kids? Those yep. things you used to put a cassette into it? Anyway. Um, and Sounds like grandpa technology. Yeah, I know. You could record things onto it and you could play oh, them back that? from it. Get off my lawn. <laughs> um, and, yeah, we, we could watch. We're allowed to watch. If somebody bought in Simpsons, we could watch that. Yep. If somebody bought in Turtles, we could watch that. If somebody bought in Ren and Stimpy, we could watch that. But we weren't allowed to watch South Park because apparently South Park no, sorry. We were allowed to watch South Park, but we weren't allowed to watch Simpsons because apparently Simpsons was worse than South Park and Ren and Stimpy. No, I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, have you watched? They're like, but no, apparently this was that. like the thing. Like the schools weren't allowed to have the Simpsons, but you could watch Ren and Stimpy and South Park. It's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> so, yeah, that was a interesting thing. What is Throwing your motorbike around at 10 o'clock at night. Is that what it is? Yeah. (laughs) Thought your neighbour fired up the chainsaw or something. (laughs) (laughs) Normally what happens to me, every time I go to record, somebody starts mowing their lawn or, you know, (laughs) getting the tree (laughs) cut down or somebody decides to do circle work out the front or the neighbour's dog goes nuts. Or all the above. Or all at the same time, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or you get a blackout. I had that the other morning. You did, yeah. Yep. A couple of brownouts it turned out to be, but my um, Tesla battery took over, but there must have been like a fraction of a second where a few devices in the house went, oh, crap. Sometimes I'll complain about dirty power. Like if you yep. get, sometimes you'll get a couple of dips first uh, and the super voltage sensitive. Like you'll probably find that the power wall kicks in at like, you know, 190 volts or something. Yep. There's a bit of a buffer. But you might have some super sensitive devices that, like, at two hundred and you know two hundred and nine, because we're supposed to be on two hundred and twenty now. Uh, yep. It used to be two forty. They dropped us to two twenty. So they might have some devices that cut off. Like they get to like two fifteen and they complain. Yeah. Um, that might have been the server. Tesla, yeah. So there'll be that little that little gap. Some stuff is sensitive to that. Um, mostly medical equipment is very sensitive to that sort of fluctuation. Um, My um, oven kept the time, but the microwave didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, but we've got, the, it, the only reason I knew that the power went out was because that fraction of a second switchover was just long enough for my LIFX light bulbs to go, the power went off and back on. So now I have to go full brightness on every because yeah. I don't know what my previous setting was. Remember the last setting. Saving a one bit to say yes or no on or off before we were mm. so yeah the whole house lit up and i woke up and i was like one o'clock in the morning why is it so bright in my room <laughs> uh, yeah i, I never understood that why do def- i mean you surely there's already a memory chip in there to mem- you know you like it's got a you're little already limit me- links computer in each one 
Yeah, like you're already having to memorize the Wi-Fi and and the programming as it is. How hard can it be to allocate one bit of memory to yeah. to remember a toggle? Yeah, you know, we've got a fan light combo thing, and it does the same thing. You get a blackout, the fan goes when it comes back on. The light turns on, the fan goes on flat out. Because in the middle of the winter, that's exactly what you want it to do. (laughs) Come on, they're supposed to be smart technology. Because it's got a remote that you sit on the wall, like as you walk through the door, it's like an aircon. You put the remote on the wall, you sort of just press the button. Yep. Because you never think about taking it to bed, because why would you? Yep. The next thing you know, it's two o'clock in the morning, it's minus three degrees, and the fan is just turned on. (laughs) So now you've got to get out of bed (laughs) to go and turn it off. (laughs) You need an app for that, son. Yes, yes. Well, that one's too old for that, but yeah, that's a thing. But, um, yeah, the one I got for my daughter, it's got an app. She doesn't use the remote, probably doesn't even know where it is, and you can also tell Google to turn it on and off, so I think that's what she does. I had all that set up, and then I had a problem with one of my Google Homes, and ah. and I just sort of I swapped one from one room to another room, and then it thought it was in the different room, so every time you do something, it would change the things in the wrong room, and then it would be the... <laughs> And I just never got around to resetting it, and <laughs> now nothing works nothing. because the light switches have been turned on off that many times. The bulbs have forgotten what their job is, and so like <laughs> uh, now I've literally got to go through and reprogram my whole house at this point. Like, uh, <laughs> you need a long weekend, like I got coming up. Yeah, I got a long weekend this week. I had a long weekend last week. I actually, I actually got it's been that quiet at work because uh, the Queen's birthday thing was moved to the Thursday and some people are already having the Friday off because of the AFL grand final. I don't think she's going to have any more birthdays. Yeah. And then Monday was the Queen's birthday anyway. Was that, or is that this Friday? I don't know. Something. Monday, yep. And this Monday, yeah. And um, so and we've been that quiet the last few weeks. So I got to like Wednesday and I'm done stuff. It, so I come home at like lunchtime Wednesday. So I had like a four-day weekend. So. Nice. Yeah, I think Western Australia had the Queen's birthday weekend last weekend. Where? Just to be different. How many birthdays? And then we get like Labor Day or something next month. I think that's all of our public holidays for the rest of the year now. Yeah, we get one later in the year, but we don't get it earlier in the year. Well, this is the first time in a long time. Normally, we get like one or two days this end of the year. We have like everything done by Easter. Like (laughs) all their public holidays, they're all there. And it's like... Take I think the they moved Labor Day off. or something. <laughs> uh, it's, it's such a pain. And they, they change it. Our, our holidays change every year, so you can't even figure out you know, when you're supposed to have the, the day off because yeah. they just go, oh, no, we're going to move that holiday this year. It's going to be down here now. And now they're going to have a King's birthday weekend? Apparently. And then they're supposed to be the Indigenous Day and they're supposed to be, well, Australia Day but because that's... Uh, it's going to be Australia, the second Australia Day. I don't know. So we're supposed <laughs> to having another holiday there. <laughs> I'm down for more holidays. I don't care what the reason I mean, is. I mean, I'll problem... be very devastated this weekend remembering the Queen. Yeah. Inconsolable. I remember, I remember exactly why I'm having the day off. Isn't it more upsetting <laughs> that uh, Coolio died than the Queen? Yeah, I heard about that. I actually only just found out about the other day. Well, yesterday? Yep. I think I found out about it. I don't know when exactly. When, I don't even, don't even know when it actually happened. I think it was yesterday or today. It was yesterday? Oh, okay. Yeah, it might have been early this morning. I can't remember. One day. He said, I'm 23 now. Will I leave to see 24? But he made it to 59, so. 
<laughs> Double it. Yeah, the, I think a lot of that was good luck rather than good management. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's making some of the good stuff. Well, it's funny. Willie Nelson, there was a period in time for three or four years there where he was dying, he was dead every day. Yeah. And he actually wrote a song. Um, uh, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but something like um, I'm yes, not dead I'm again. Dead again. Yeah. I'm trucking because I'm dead again. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, he's like, because oh, I'm not dead again today or something. And it's just like poking <laughs> fun at everybody who's like, kept saying he's, he's dead. Him and Keith Richards had so Keith much Richards. drugs and stuff and they're just 100 million years old. Oh, dear. <laughs> they're, they're, they're completely opposite ends of the scale, though. Yeah. That's the funny thing about it. Like Keith Richards, well, and Ozzy Osbourne, I mean, he's another one. Yep. He did everything un- under the sun and then some. Yep. He's still going. You know, Willie Nelson's, and I mean, Willie Nelson's in the same company as Snoop Dogg and Cheech and Chong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're just mellow and chill through life. And then, but I mean, you look at somebody like Steve-O from Bat, um, Jackass. Yeah. The, the fact that he wasn't dead by the time he was 18 was a miracle. Everything he put his body through, and I mean, he's been clean and sober for, I can't remember what it is, 12 years or something now, but yeah. like, just really lucky. What, oh, he's amazing. He, he survived as long as he did. Um, you know, like he, he got to the point where you know Johnny Knoxville was calling an intervention. So you know, <laughs> you know it's going to be bad. You, you know, it's a bit rough when that gets to that point. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Should we do some news then? Uh, I suppose it depends. Is um, Deadpool three news? Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't seen the trailer, jump on to YouTube and check out. There's a couple that... Um, He's got that icy guy. <laughs> Hugh Jackman. <laughs> huge, huge what? Huge Ackman. Um, <laughs> huge Ackerman. <laughs> Um Yeah. He's just released it. He's dropped a couple of short videos. The second one's hilarious, actually. Yeah. <laughs> we're just going to address some... We're going to address some rumours that have been circulating. <laughs> I like that. Uh, Hugh, he, he's the way we're thinking about what we're going to do for Deadpool three, and Hugh walks past him and he's like, "Yeah, him. How do we do yeah. that, Hugh? Yeah, okay." And he walks up yeah. the stairs. So yeah, so if you haven't heard, yeah, go and check their videos out. And uh, if you're a fan of the old school Asterix and Obelix, it's going to yeah. be interesting. There's a live action movie coming out. Another one. Yeah, a new one. Uh, it looks very different to the previous ones. Should be pretty good. I don't know if it is or not, but it looks like it is. Epic. The trailer's only like 30 seconds long, but that should be fun. And it's made in France too, with subtitles, yeah. so you know what they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully it's got subtitles. I, I watched one of the cartoons, one of the three original movies. I can't remember which one it was. I think it was the third one of them, and I was watching it, and I got like five minutes into it, then realized that it didn't have subtitles. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought... <laughs> I'm like, hang on a minute. I was wondering why this wasn't making any sense. <laughs> uh, all right, let's, let's, uh, let's he, make things happen. His dog doesn't say wolf, it says whoa. Hey, no, as opposed to uh, Tintin's dog, yeah. they wolf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they wolf. <laughs> Snowy, that's his name. Yeah, Snowy goes whoa. <laughs> Anybody who hasn't seen the Doug Anthony All-Stars, go check it out. It was Richard talking yeah. about the dog. <laughs> yeah. 
Richard was a funny bugger. He really was such an under underappreciated performer. He did, yeah. He was the driving force behind most of it. He uh, he wrote a lot of the a lot of the stuff, and he did a lot of the scheduling, a lot of the set design, like a lot of the stuff he did. You guys just yeah. turn, turn up and do this stuff what I wrote, okay? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's all paying out on me, so you'll enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. By now, everyone's probably heard about the great Optus hack. Some uh, dude no, hacked into. I don't know what you're talking about. Optus apparently left, uh, might have left a server in the DMZ or something that had <coughs> all of the people's names, phone numbers, address, license, Medicare number, everything on the server, and apparently anyone could access it from anywhere. So this guy did. Yeah, and it wasn't specifically Optus data. It was, I'm assuming, like... Um, Subsidiaries, too, because I think they said Virgin Mobile data was on there. Yeah, but to have some of that information, like, driver's license and stuff, like, I didn't think they were even storing that. I thought they literally just used that to activate the account, then they've got your proof of ID. But why do you need to store that data? Like, you, you've proved who the person is. Yeah. You wouldn't think it's something they'd need to keep on file. They don't need to. Mm. There's also a lot of money in reselling, but I don't know if they would do that. <laughs> no, they'll just give it away. Yeah. Give it away now. <laughs> give it away. I like those things on Facebook where this guy gets pulled over by the police and they're like, can I have your driver's license, son? And he said, no, oh, I'm a member of Optus. You could just Google that stuff, man. <laughs> That's it. The government is preparing new data breach notification rules in the wake of the Optus hat. A policy drafting process is understood to be underway. If adopted, it would mean companies involved in a breach of customer data have to pass on the date details affected individuals to banks as soon as possible. Cybersecurity Minister Claire O'Neill's office could not confirm when the proposals could would be made public. We understand a formal statement will be made in the, made in the next day or two. Rules are being drafted as a whole-of-government response to the breach, which means the detail involves agreement from multiple ministers. Banks are keeping close watch on the unfolding situation in a bid to prevent the stolen data from being used for fraud. Individual banks are closely monitoring the developments while Optus continues investigations and works with authorities and agents, the Australian Banking Association said. The development came as Optus announced it had finished notifying the most at-risk group of customers, those who had identification documents such as passports or driver's licenses exposed in the breach. Customers that have received notifications were critical of Optus's response. One customer, who ch- chose not to identify himself, said they had received the notification <laughs> <laughs> and contacted Optus via its web chat. An Optus spokesperson said the telco is working with the Australian Federal Police on its investigation of the attack and that the AFP has requested that Optus not disclose further details of the attack as it might compromise the ability to find the bad actor. As a result, the telco declined to confirm technical details of the attack. It's been reported that an unsecured public-facing API allowed the attacker to conduct a user enumeration attack. While unable to discuss specifics of Optus's current results, we understand the carrier is exploring ways to provide extra support to victims. So, one of the things that happened was there was a guy who contacted Optus via their live web chat and said, Hi, I want to know uh, this going to affect any of my details and so they said okay we've just sent an email to your email address can you just confirm those are your details and it was a different customer's name date of <laughs> birth 
address. He's like, dude, this is even worse. You just sent me somebody else's details in a live chat. What the hell? So he was not happy. Optus said apparently it wasn't a very sophisticated hack, <laughs> which means any script kitty could have done it and may have done it. And in fact, that's, I think, even worse than saying it was a super sophisticated Mr. Black Hat who knows inside out Linux and everything. Apparently they reckon it was just some random guy stumbled across it. Which, but, but what's even funnier than that though is the guy, the guy who stumbled across it didn't really mean any nefar- anything nefarious by it. Yeah. He put out a statement saying, "Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cause anybody any trouble. I was just trying to basically prove how easy the system was to get into." He's like, "I didn't think that it, you know everybody's now yeah, <laughs> going to reset their entire life." Yeah, my <laughs> uncle rang up this afternoon and he's like, "What's this Optus hack thing going on?" Tell me everything and how do people get hacked and do I have to worry about stuff? So I tried to explain as best I could, but apparently it's like um, Joey and hackers. <laughs> dude, 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 I got into a Gibson. <laughs> I accidentally hacked into something I didn't mean to. From your own living room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Put the disc up in the up in the uh, air con duct, you'll be fine. Yeah, and then um. hide it in the boys' toilets. That's it. It's in that thing. That's in that place. I put that thing that time. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out for the plague. He'll get you. I mean, yeah, Mister the, the plague. plague. Mister the plague. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hard copy. What are um, the three common passwords? Well, not anymore. They've changed them. <laughs> uh, they used. To, they're, they're not. Although they still are in the top ten, but they're not the top three anymore. Yeah. But um. Yeah, this, following on from that, the Australian government wants Optus to pay for the data breach. Huh. Um, arguing that the recent data security breach shouldn't have happened. Australia's Prime Minister wants Optus to pay for the replacement of passports which whose details were compromised and hence the country's... So, 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 so. They should replace one of the, the Medicare one of the and driver's license as well too, right? Yeah. Not just passports. Yeah, and hence the company's cybersecurity laws may be updated to boost customer protection. Um, but basically, they're saying they're calling for stronger privacy laws following last week's breach that compromised 9.8 million Optus customers. Be curious to know how many customers Optus has, like not accounts, because some people have multiple accounts, Active. but how many personal. Because they like, said this affects people back to 2017 who had accounts mm. with Optus back then, but may have gone somewhere else in the meantime. They still had their details in the database. But here's the thing like, okay, passports you can replace. Um, bank details you can change. Driver's license. But driver's licenses and birth certificates, there's nothing you can do about them. Queensland you said can't. they'll replace your driver's license with a new number for free. Yeah, but it's still... <laughs> if you give somebody a driver's license and it's got a photo and a date on it, yeah. you're going to look at that. You're not going to go, oh, is this one of the ones that's been hacked? Like, no. <laughs> that's the dumbest thing ever. Like, they already get... <laughs> They're only going to change the picture on it anyway, which is what they're going to do anyway, because now they've got the format of the driver's license. So changing and putting a different numbers on it's irrelevant because if somebody gives me a drive, like if you go to test drive a car, you hand them your driver's license so that you you won't leave it behind. Yep. I'm guaranteeing none of those salesmen look at the license. They just grab it, stick it up on the board and hand you the keys. Yeah, and anyone could walk in there. <laughs> yeah. So like how else well, hopefully they just got your driver's help. license number and not a photo of your driver's license with your picture on it and stuff. 
well, that's not necessarily any better because yeah. when I go to sign up for a prepaid phone and I use the automated system and ask just for your driver's license number. Yeah. That's what so I was saying to my uncle. Once they've got this detail, they could just go to an online bank. There's a lot of banks that you can sign up for accounts online and you just provide yeah. them with the details and they go, yep, that's fine. Or use those details, even if you don't have a photo license, to ring up that person's bank and say, hey, I'd like to withdraw $20,000 to this offshore account, please. Yeah. Okay, what's your driver's license number? What's your date of birth? Where do you live? Oh, I've got all of those from the Optus hack. Here you go. Yeah, it's the same as passports. Like, just because you're going to issue them with a new passport doesn't mean the old one's suddenly going to disappear. Yeah. <laughs> it's still going to be still there. It's going to be in people's old systems anyway. Yeah. yeah, and that's the other thing. If you're if you're using that as a proof of identification for something and it does get changed, do I now need to contact my bank and my insurance company and my employer and my, you know, my... Um, I know someone I've got a loan with and then somebody, you know, you know what I mean? Like everything yeah, I've used places. that number for. So does that make all those contracts null and void? Yeah. <laughs> because Optus, technically even if you get issued with a, a new number. about um, Optus starting up some new digital ID thing. That's supposed to be yeah. secure identification. <laughs> yeah, yeah, super secure. That issues the details they've already got. Yeah. You can just but Google like, it, man. If you've already got, say you say you have, let's just say you have a, a prepaid phone and you that is existing with an existing number, then you do get issued a new driver's license or a new passport, which is your identification you use to sign up to that service. Yeah. And then you rack up a ten thousand dollar bill. You go, well, it's not me because I changed my number. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Or if you do ring up to identify yourself and say, what's your driver's license? And you tell them, they're like, no, that's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. I had to get it updated. No, sorry. Yeah. You answered the question wrong. We can't help you. you obviously. Yeah, exactly. So there's going to be a whole lot of problems that nobody's thought about yet. <laughs> and then they're like, yeah, don't worry about it. It's fine. I just love it. I find it hilarious that they just describe the cyber attacks as not technologically challenging. And the CEO went on TV crying. That makes up for it. Uh, it's so bad, so bad. But yeah, I mean, and and here's the thing: like, this is only going to start happening more and more. Um, especially in, in something as simple as this, like it was a most likely a backup system that just missed an up, missed a you know a rollout of an update, or a, it was thrown in a different server room that somebody forgot about, or you know. Yep. Something dumb. Um, but now on the back of that, there's all these new shit that Zero is making us jump through hoops now. Like they're no longer doing 30-day authentications. It's only going to be a 24-hour authentication. So you have to literally authenticate your device every 24 hours. Oh, that's crazy. Um, which is such a pain in the ass because we've got I've got like eight different computers I use my account on. Which means, and I, the authentication doesn't go to me, it goes to Son's phone because you can only choose one device that allows for authentication. <laughs> and I can't always have it as mine because I'm not always in where there's phone signal, so it's got to be hers. And then once she gets the authentication, she's got to message it to me, which doesn't help if I don't have phone signal anyway. You need one of those things where you've got the phone sitting in the server room with a camera pointing at it. Yeah, like that's what Linus used to do. Yeah. Um, but then that runs into other problems as well. Yep. But like, it, it's just so dumb that, like, if and on the app now, the app won't. 
Well, yeah, but it's still the same problem. You can still only have it on one device. I can have Google. I've got a Google Authenticator on like four devices using Authy, and I can use either, any of them. Yeah, but Zero doesn't let you do that. Unless yeah, that's you, what you I mean. Cho- you have to choose one device and pick that one device. They should have it on multiple devices or things. I had the same problem with my Blizzard account because I had a Blizzard Authenticator on my phone. Then I got a new phone. You could only authenticate with the Blizzard Authenticator that was on that device. You reinstall the app and sign into it. It's like, no, this was activated on a different device. Like, mm. I haven't got that device. What if my device crashes or somebody steals it or it falls off the back of the car when it was on the roof or something? You can't use yeah. your account anymore. And then the other problem is too, not only are they making it, they're also making it now so that the if you've got always on selected for, because you, if you're using the, the app on a tablet, if you have it's the device selected as always on, in other words, you've got it using as a point of sale that's always plugged in, uh, the app won't work. Oh. So just about every point of sale system that's using zero will no longer function. <laughs> <laughs> this is just one of many of their user improvements that they're implementing. This is why Mr. T hates two-factor. One of many reasons. <laughs> But I also had companies, and I actually, I'll, I'll bring up the thread I actually had with um, Zero today. This their, their supposed support team. Um, let's see if I can bring it up quickly. Like I, was, I brought up the thing saying, you know, congrats. You now you've basically made it impossible for me to run, the, you know, the, my company now during because you're doing all this dumb stuff. Yeah. And I said, I said you don't listen to your customers because. Judging by your forums and your Facebook page, everybody is screaming about this being a problem. Yep. And I said, you don't care about your customers. You just care that people keep paying you money every month to use a service that you actually legitimately actively make worse every time you release an update. Yep. And then their first response was, we test all our updates and with real people and I promise you we do care about our users. I said, right. So <laughs> that's a lot of rubbish. I said, so why is it now that you've made... A process that used to take two steps and 10 seconds, it now takes more than 10 steps and upwards of a minute. And it's like, oh, no, we haven't done that. You tell me, I bet you, bet you, you can't name the process. And I literally then I went through and described exactly what the process was. And I went, oh, um, well, 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 no, but um, now we've set it up in sections so you don't have to save it after completing each section just one one thing at a time and it loads new pages and said yes because when i've got a customer standing in front of me and i'm trying to enter their information i want every single page to load individually because you know waiting making the customer wait 10 seconds is, is far too convenient whereas making them wait over a minute for the page to load is is fine yeah i haven't heard back from them since <laughs> i said that but other people are saying the same thing like yeah you know and this is a common thing and they're their threads on their um, uh, support pages are absolutely loaded with people saying, why have you changed this? Why have you changed that? They're the only features that actually worked properly you've broken and the stuff that's been broken for 10 years you haven't touched. Like, It'd be like one <laughs> of those companies that sets up support pages but that's for customers to help other customers and not anyone from the company to actually look at. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, and I, and I said that I called them out, and I said, "Well, if you're so you know so user focused, I said, why is there literally threads going back over ten years with 
thousands and thousands and thousands of requests, people requesting simple, simple, simple things like, oh, I don't know, the ability to, um, I don't know, look up a customer's details without going through 300 steps. Why can't I click on their name and it shows me their information? <laughs> you know, you know like you saying they time like out your pages all the time too while you're trying to do stuff? Oh, and then they have to load. Everything has to be in a separate, like, when you, so I'll give you an example. So the way, oh, and the new thing, here's, here's, here's one that proves that they, they don't care at all about customers. You now can no longer have two customers with the same name. So if you happen to have a, I don't know, two say a business that interacts with, I don't know, the general public, yep. and you happen to have two people whose name is, I don't know, Tony Smith, because yep. that's not at all a common name and the chances of that occurring twice are incredibly unusual, um, you can't do it. You can't have two customers with the same name now. You used to be able to uh, right up until their last update then they nerfed it. Tony so, A. Smith, Tony B. Smith. And, and the best part about all that is when they nerfed it, they made it automatically without asking us to do it and without our permission, automatically combine all the accounts that have the same name under one account. You got two customers in one account now. So, well, more uh, some some like Lumobile, we could have ten different drivers, and each driver had their own account, just so it made it easy to track yep. um, which driver came in and bought a product. Well, they're all now combined into one account, yeah. and it's overwritten all the unique IDs and unique identifiers for all the different drivers. <laughs> And that's one of their customer improvement programs. Which we tested with multiple businesses who said this was fine. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm sure they all agreed that that was a perfect thing, you know. So my point is that, you know, all these security, the more, and I've said it time and time again, and I'll continue to say it until somebody shuts me up because nobody's paying any attention anyway. Yep. The more secure you try to make something, the easier, the the more secure you try to make something, the more desperate you make people to try and find ways around that security, therefore making it less secure. Yep. You only end and up pissing off your customers and nobody else. Yeah, and that's what I said to them. I said, well, you know why MYOB and Quicken died, don't you? Yeah. So because they're doing exactly the same thing that you did. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, but yeah, and, and that's better. all it's going Hey? We thought Zero would be the better option, but it turns out they were. They, for, they were until Quicken and and MYOB died, and then they became exactly the same thing that they said they weren't going to do. You became the very thing that you did. <laughs> exactly. I was nearly going to get. I was nearly going to do that. No, <laughs> no, that's not. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know, but security is only as secure as people allow it to be. Yep. And the more you try to lock somebody into something that isn't working for them, the more they're going to try and get around that security, making that entire process more vulnerable because they're opening up situations that normally well, they wouldn't have to do to try and bypass things that are getting in their way of production. Yeah. Don't piss off your customers. Yeah, that's a short, that's a short answer. <laughs> And if you do, at least take responsibility for it. Don't palm it off as some, oh, but we tested this update. Just say, yeah, we screwed up. We're looking at how to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Like a 21st century version of Paul Revere, Google Fiber CEO Diddy Jane announced Tuesday via blog post that 20 gigs is coming. 20 gigs is coming. The company achieved a 20.2 gigabit per second download speed in a field test in Kansas City, one of a handful of Google Fiber locations across the country, including Atlanta, Austin, Texas, Charlotte, North Carolina, and a dozen other cities. Google Fiber currently offers two plan options, one gigabit download speeds for $70 a month and a two gig plan for 100 monthly. The two gig option is currently the cheapest two gig plan among the major internet providers. AT&T's Fiber's two gig tier is $110, Verizon Fios and Zipply Fiber features plans at $120 and Frontier's Fiber two gig is $150. Regarding the speed, the fastest residential plan in the U.S. currently belongs to APB, a telecom in Chattanooga, Tennessee. APB announced a 25 gigabit per second speed tier in late August that costs 1500 a month. So what sort of price point should we expect from Google Fiber? We reached out to a Google Fiber spokesman and were told that more information will be on the way in the coming weeks, but there's no word yet on pricing or when to expect the plan to be available to customers. However, according to Google Fiber CEO in a blog post, 20 gigs is just the beginning. In the coming months, we'll have announcements to dramatically expand our multi-gigabit tiers. These will be critical milestones in our journey to 100 gig symmetrical internet. We don't get symmetrical internet here. We don't get symmetrical anything here. No. <laughs> I mean, I'm curious to know if that's a real world speed though, because... You remember when they were bragging about how fast, you know, 4G and or even back when they were bragging how fast 2G was? Yeah. They literally went from phone to tower and that's the speed they could achieve. Yeah. Like, <laughs> are they doing the same thing here? Are they going from the next door neighbors to the exchanges? Yeah. Or are they, or are they actually going across networks? Because it's all, as I said before, it's all fine and dandy to have stupid speeds to the exchange, but then what do you do? You can't do anything with that speed because no. the exchange is a bottleneck. Yeah. So it's going to be a little bit different with Google because they they own so much dark fiber and yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Maybe ABB can come with it too because they've got some dark fibers. Well, I don't think they've got any more dark fiber. I think they bought all that. Yeah. They are. I know... There's rumors anyway that they are expanding um, their personal, like how they've got their own personal fiber rollout that's going on. Apparently, they are supposed to be bringing it up here somewhere. Oh, nice. So, if nothing else, like even if they don't do your area specifically, if they can unload an area by putting fiber in, yep. it's just going to generally make the, their, their, set, their, um, quality of their connections faster just because there is less loading on it's kind of like with, when you're playing city skylines and you put in new bigger roads and the traffic moves faster and smoother Take yeah bottlenecks. but you've got to be careful because nine times out of ten you create a bottleneck because you've got a bigger road but you still have a yeah. small road at the other end of it yeah so adding bigger roads locally doesn't make for faster throughput throughout the network it just decreases the congestion locally but it doesn't necessarily help you in the long term because then all you do is you end up adding more traffic locally which has to go somewhere yeah. and it gets congested and finds other choke points so it's exactly the same it's literally exactly the same you can do you can be caught out because you've increased local capacity so you can add more infrastructure locally and then you suddenly realize there's nowhere for that to go yeah how's it get to overseas <laughs> yeah 
And whether it's city skylines, whether it's SimCity, whether it's telco infrastructure, whether it's a water pipe or electricity plant, it's exactly the same. Oh, speaking of electricity, our dumbass up here reckons that by 2035 we're going to not have, we're only going to be reliant on green, on green energy. Good luck yeah, with that. 20, 20, 2035, apparently. <laughs> I don't know. If only, only luck, she won't be around in 2035 to make that call. Yep. But, yeah, so, um, I mean, we could only dream of... <laughs> if we could get one gigabit, um, one gigabit of synchronous speeds, that'd be fine. Nice, yeah. I'd be happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be happy with fibre somewhere in your connection. <laughs> I'd be happy with a hundred meg. <laughs> I'd be happy with a hundred meg, let alone a gig. Yeah, I think. I don't know. I don't know what I'm sitting on at the moment. Um, let's have a quick look. See if this kills my internet connection while I'm doing this. The last time I checked, I think it's like twenty-five or fifty down and twenty up. I think. Yep. Uh, Aussie broadband locally connected to Exitel serves. Yeah, well, it's going to be half the speed it should be anyway. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, Exitel is not no. what I'd consider a quality provider. Um, yeah, 53 down and 18 up. Yeah. Let's say 20 up because I'm running a video. So, yeah. Which, I mean, that's the plan I'm paying for. So, it's not like I'm not getting my value. Yeah. Uh, it never drops below those speeds and does sometimes go above it, but uh, I can't get any faster. No. <laughs> that's the problem. Uh, and it's really a problem now that Cam, he's playing Steam games now. Yeah. Uh, and so am I. So if we both launch our Steam clients at the same time, then suddenly we're both trying to download updates to the games <laughs> at the same time. And if someone's watching and streaming a movie out in there at the same time, well, we've got no bandwidth left. <laughs> It, it done be all. When I was the only one using it, it was fine. I didn't mind having 50 meg down because I was the only one using it. You need one of those, what was that video you sent me, I think, where this guy had a uh, LAN party and he put in oh, servers so that he can get cache all the Steam updates. They, they literally put in a, I can't remember what it was now, something like a 200 terabyte um, local cache server. Yeah. So that they'd go through and all the games they're going to be playing, they would put on this case server so that all the updates would go to it and then everybody at the LAN would would use them as their DNS hosting yeah. and it would push the updates from their local server. Yeah. Um, this thing had like, I can't remember what the specs were, something stupid, it had like five 10 gigabit cards or something <laughs> in it nuts. and the entire network was was all like 10 gigabit network internally with the LAN party and like, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was insane. Um, the, they had to do it because here they had their top tier commercial internet, which was, I don't know, whatever it was, one gigabit or something up and down, but there was going to be like a hundred people using it. So yeah. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't Bottle have happened. That we were just talking about, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, they, it's actually, I'm not a fan of Linus, but sometimes they do some really cool stuff. And that was one of those really cool videos where they just went absolutely ballistic with this multi-core, <laughs> multi-terabyte local data server just to just to, to sync and update. Well, it wasn't just Steam. It was Blizzard. It was all those launches. Yeah. And um, it, all, it had all the latest Windows updates and everything on it as well. So if anybody's Windows system needed to update it, they'd all grab it from there and... 
That's so being smart. It was actually pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> the expansive, like it would have been. A, it wouldn't surprise me if he's. It's not too bad if it's <laughs> being donated. Um, yeah, which I don't know if it wasn't. I know they were. What do you do? Um, him, because he's he's klutz. He's absolutely useless sometimes. And I know they had. I think it was a brand new four core server board or something, and he dropped like two of the CPUs and bent the pins on yeah. them or something. <laughs> <laughs> They're literally like resoldering these pins onto these CPUs. <laughs> Uh, I mean, that's stuff we used to do back when 486 were a $1,000 chip. Yeah. <laughs> so, but um, speaking of security, mm. uh, Graphene OS. So, if you've got a Google Pixel, the new ones. This, here it is. Um, yeah, one of them. Shiny. With, yeah. the, you know, no SD and no headphone jack and you know, all that stuff. Actually, you've been through, there's a case you can buy that has a micro SD reader built into the case. Ah. So you can read your cards directly from the case, yeah. Did you see them um, complaining with the new iPhone that there's a section that's just got a plastic insert to fill in the space inside the case because <laughs> they didn't have enough stuff to put in there. And people are like, you're telling us you can't physically fit in a headphone jack because there's not enough space anymore. Yet there's this massive plastic spacer <laughs> in there that's like two inches square just to you know, reinforce the case because there's no electronics or battery or, or anything Or you couldn't put, put more of a battery in there or something. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so Graphene OS, it's uh, basically what it is. Um, if you want to get a better uh, information on this, go to YouTube and check out um, uh, oh, Louis, Louis um, wow, I'm having a mental blank. He does phone repairs and stuff like that. Louis Rossman. Um, go and check him out on YouTube and he's got a better review of this software but it's currently only for the Pixel the reason being is that from a hardware standpoint the Pixel is actually a very secure phone and it's very easy to lock down and it it opens itself up to this sort of thing very well it's just the software that lets it down so Graphene OS is a privacy and security focused mobile OS with Android app compatibility uh, it's developed for a non-profit. It's focused on research and development of privacy and security, including substantial improvements to sandboxing, exploit mitigation, uh, and the permissions model. So in other words, when you load the phone up, apps don't automatically have root permission. You specifically give them a, a permission level to function under. Yeah. I think um, you're saying everything's sandboxed, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, not everything, but most things are. Uh, it improves the privacy and security of the OS from the bottom up, develops technologies to mitigate whole classes of vulnerabilities and make exploits uh, of vulnerabilities substantially more difficult. It improves the security of both the OS and the apps running on it. It sandboxes, it can sandbox apps and other security boundaries are fortified. Graphene OS tries to avoid impacting user experience with the privacy and security features. Ideally, features can be designed, they're always enabled with no impact on the user experience and no additional complexity like configuration options. It is, it's not always possible, feasible, and Graphene OS does add various toggles for features like network permission, sensor permission, restrictions when the device is locked, USB peripherals, cameras, quick tiles, etc., along with more complex user-facing privacy and security features. Um, so, but yeah, basically what it is, it replaces, it is based on Android, um, yeah. 
because Android is incredibly configurable, and if you want it to be secure, it can be. Um, <laughs> it should be. It, but it overwrites you. It overwrites the the one that's on there. Puts its own version on. It can be done. I believe it gets done from a web um, interface, a web package. Yeah, you go you go from the website and you do it through there. Because uh, it uses an exploit to install itself, <laughs> ironically. <laughs> um, and what it does is, if you don't want it, by default, it doesn't ship with Google Play um, services um, or other imp- implementations of Google services like uh, MicroG and stuff like that. It, it doesn't have any of those by default. They all are fully installable and they're fully sandboxed. So... If you're using your phone for business purposes, effectively, um, phone calls, text messages, that sort of thing, and emails, you probably don't even need to have any of the Google services on there. It'll function perfectly fine. If you want to put on stuff like banking apps, Uber, stuff that requires location services, um, Facebook that requires location, but it mainly requires like if you want to send photos, stuff like that. Yep. Uh, you can install those. What you can do, for example, like push notifications still work. Uh, everything works as normal um, but what you'll do for example is you can say hey Facebook I want you to access my camera when I give you permission to like if I take a photo to send yep. that's the only time you can access it uh, and when I go to my gallery you can look at this folder only this is the only place that you're allowed to look for things when yeah. I send them um, and that's true of every app so you can be very pinpoint specific like so you can say um, for something like Uber that requires location services to confirm your destination, then you can give them access to your GPS coordinate if you want, but um, so I can track you. But you're not giving it access to motion sensors. You're not giving it access to audio recording, to surveillance, to all these other things that would have access to normally. Yeah. So there's so many. You can sandbox a lot of apps too. So if something like um, a banking app, for example, you can run a sandbox so that it only loads an instance while you're using it, then it closes it and it doesn't need to have access to the whole system. Or you can have some things like um, you might have a particular camera that you really like using, but it wants to constantly send data back to the mothership. You can say, well, no, I'm going to run you in, I'm going to de- uh, de-op you, give you a lower permission level so that you can't you can't do anything. The only thing you're allowed to do is take photos and store the data. Yep. So there's there's so, it's so configurable, so so stable, um, so safe. You know, like it's very fast too because it doesn't have so much of the bloatware and crap on there that, that it often has. Um, you know, and it has out of the box, it has things like um, PDF viewers, um, audit, uh, auditor app, um, like these sort of things. A lot of the remote verification services, they have their own version, um, Artisan, Art, Art, Artistation, something like that, I think it's called. It's their own version of like the Authenticator. Yep. Um, but it's more secure, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, um, it doesn't, you know, it, it only, it does exactly what you want it to do. It gives things as much or as little permission as you want. Um, so yeah, so if you've got, uh, hopefully they, because it's also free and open source, uh, if people want to fork it and they want to branch off and do their own 
version for their own phone, then they're more than happy for that to, to happen as well. So, But, yeah, if you do have a, a Pixel, go and check that out. And um, f- from what Lewis is saying, he's he's used it in full swing production mode for the last three or four weeks, and uh, he can't fault it. He says it's the best thing he's ever done. Oh, nice. So... This is coming from a guy who fixes and does phones for a living, so. <laughs> he should know what he's doing then. Yeah. Google is making it easier to find search results from Reddit and other forum sites. The search engine is adding a new module that will surface discussions happening on forums across the web for queries that may benefit from crowdsourced answers. The discussions and forums module will surface relevant posts from sites like Reddit and Quora alongside more traditional results. It's not clear exactly how Google is determining what types of searches are best suited for forum posts. The company said the new forum results will appear when you search for something that might benefit from the diverse personal experiences found in online discussions. The feature is already rolling out for mobile searches in the United States. Google didn't specify when it will be available more widely, but said they'll consider updates in the future. Google is also adding a feature to news-related searches that will make it easier to browse international headlines that are published in languages other than English. With the change, news-related searches will also turn up relevant to local coverage translated by Google. The company also used the example of a recent earthquake in Mexico. With the update, search results will now also show news from Mexico, which will highlight coverage from local outlets originally written in Spanish but translated to English. Of course, Google Chrome and other browsers are already able to translate web pages, but Google says that elevating the stories from international outlets directly in search will help provide new global perspectives on important stories. The feature, which is labelled as being in beta for now, is expected early next year. It's starting off with the ability to translate headlines and stories from Spanish, French and German into English, Through though the beta designation means Google is likely to add more languages over time. So it's basically DuckDuckGo. They do that, do they? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's pretty much one of their good things if you want to find... They do it because a lot of people search for peer review articles and the best place to find a lot of peer-reviewed stuff is in forums and in Cure and places like that. So by default, it does that. Ah. Um, And you can refine that even more, but yeah. And there are a couple of other search engines that actually do that as well. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. One is like uh, uh, Edu Search or something like that. So Edu Search, I think it's one of them. And then they search, yeah, forums and and white white paper sites and that sort of stuff by default. So yeah, I mean, it's not, you know. I would just really like to be able to put a setting in my preferences for my Google searches to completely ignore Pinterest results. Yeah, you can do that with DuckDuckGo. It still uses the good old-fashioned plus and minus and quotations, and it actually listens to them. Google doesn't listen to them anymore. I can do minus Pinterest, but I just want to not have to type that every time just... Type in what I want and never see anything come from Pinterest. I think you can on the DuckDuckGo um, has a browser button tab that you can click on. I'm pretty sure you can set predefined search terms. Yep. Or predefined search parameters, rather. So you can have stuff like that set up. Because I remember I had one done. I had um, like minus YouTube, minus... um, 
I came up, I was looking for something. I had minus YouTube, minus uh, Amazon, and minus something else because they kept returning like the same video no matter what I searched for. So <laughs> like, that's one thing though that DuckDuckGo doesn't do very well is um, video search. It's really bad at. Oh, right. Um, and technical documents, the common like a lot of like workshop manuals and user manuals and stuff like that. Because Google's got their big um, book database, yeah. So they, by default, return really good searches. If you're trying to find information and technical information on stuff, sure. Um, DuckDuckGo will do it if it's in forums and if it's in if it's on things like that. But as far as just specifically like a book, uh, it struggles a bit. Right. Um, so I still do use Google sometimes, but like ninety percent of my searching is done through DuckDuckGo. Cool. So. Um, speaking of Google, although I'm surprised they haven't already thought about this, Amazon is about to ruin Alexia. Yeah. They're uh, putting answers. Well, every time you ask a question, they're going to play an ad before they give you the answer. Fantastic. <laughs> I can go on and read the entire article, but effectively, um, yeah, basically, that that's that's the gist of the article that. Yeah, if you ask it a question, like you, <clears throat> there'll be a certain percentage. Like you might get three questions, and the next one you get an ad. Yep. Um, you know stuff like that. It depends on the area you're in and what ad revenues are and stuff like that. But um, there's too many services doing this. I finally gave up and signed up for YouTube Premium <laughs> just to stop with the ads and the hey, why don't you sign up here for YouTube Premium popping well, up? That's why I use AdBlocker, you know. And then um, I ask uh, TuneIn Radio app to play one of the local stations. So every morning I have a 30-second ad about something I don't care about or a 60-second even sometimes. There was one the other day that went for a minute and a half just talking about some product. And I was like, come on, all I want to do is listen to the radio. No, I'm going to make you listen to this crap. Yeah, pre-roll. Well, we have pre-roll um, the local radio station app here has pre-roll on it yep. but they only do two 10 second ads that's not too bad uh, and like i we're actually looking at running ads on it because you get it's pretty cheap it's like 150 bucks a month or something gets you like 10,000 10,000 ads or something like it's yep. something ridiculous for what you pay nice. um and they're not horrible and they, and they don't play all the time like if you just if you have the app open and you listen for five minutes and close it and open it back up, you won't get ads. Yep. If you open it up and listen for three or four hours and close it and reopen it, you will. So yep. you, you don't always get them either. Um, I was going to have but, to talk but, really fast to try and get your one 30-second ad into 10 seconds. <laughs> Maybe slightly modified. Um, but basically, like I love that Amazon here are trying to justify it. They're, they're basically saying that... Um, Money grab. With, with this new capability, we have made it easier for brands to connect with the customer to the help answer common questions and better inform the purchase decision. Uh, <laughs> money grab. <laughs> yes, because that's exactly what you've done, I'm sure. Uh, come on, Amazon. Everybody but already hates you. What I'm surprised, honestly, is that Google and or I guess Google kind of do because Google's even though they've got all this other stuff, their main profit still after all these years is search. Yeah, search and ads. So, search and ads, yeah. So I guess 
maybe they maybe it's worth more to them to have people using like Google Assistant to search for things and get the results and that way rather than listening to an ad and people using it less. Yeah. Maybe that's what they figured out. I mean, that would make sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Alexia, set timer for 10 minutes. Timer set for 10 minutes. Would you like to buy Amazon's Choice Classroom Tuners for teachers? It's a two-pack. It's only six ninety-five. Would you like to act before midnight and place your order for non-card timing happiness? Or perhaps I'll place ads in our wake-up alarms. Good morning, David. Perhaps you'd like to buy a box of muffins. I can shop for them right now. How about more coffee pods? You know you want them. Oh, I saw you watch the Grand Tour on Amazon Prime. Have you got a set of floor mats for you? <laughs> it's like in Futurama like, yeah. when they were beaming ads directly into your dreams. <laughs> Alexia, what's 228 divided by 19? 228 divided by 19 is 12. Speaking of 12, can I interest you in a 12-pack of shoe storage boxes? Amazon Choice is now $37. <laughs> so, yeah, I can't see any possible way that this can go wrong. Uh, nope. <laughs> Crazy. Um, what would be worse, though, is if they, they went and did it the other way around instead of going um, um, 228 divided by 19 is 12. Speaking of 12, instead of going... 228 divided by 19 is, hey, can I just show in this and then give you the answer at the end of the ad? <laughs> Come on, Amazon, Alex, so I'm doing my school homework here. I don't have time for ads. <laughs> oh, man. If I don't get this done, I won't be able to play Minecrafts. And, and if you do say set timer for 10 minutes, does it set a timer for 10 minutes? Is that before or after the ad finishes? Like <laughs> you get ten minutes worth of ads, and then the timer yeah, goes off. <laughs> Once you shut up, you know it's time to do that thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's it for me. How about you? Uh, just quickly, um, LibreOffice. I'm yeah. a big fan. I've used I, I use OpenOffice a lot. I use LibreOffice a lot more. Yeah. Um, Great but software. it hasn't been available on. It's been always available on Linux because it was developed in Linux. A few years ago, it was ported to Windows. Um, but now it has been ported across to Mac OS as well. Sweet. So finally you have a decent option um, other than like Google Docs or Office 365. So I think OpenOffice, I can't remember if OpenOffice worked on Mac um, for a while or not. I can't remember. But uh, if you do use OpenOffice, give LibreOffice a try. Even if you don't use OpenOffice, if you use any of the other alternatives, give LibreOffice a try. You'll... It's fully MS compatible, MS Office compatible. Um, it does PDFs and stuff by default. It's a really nice. It's just a nice program. It's just friendly. It's easy to use. Behaves it itself. It's very small and fast. It, it's, it's very non-intrusive. Um, and you don't need a 365-day so, subscription. No, it's free. And it stores on your computer. Yep. You know, so it's actually your information and your data. Um and yeah, but the main thing is it, it just works. It's so, it's very, very nice program. As I said, OpenOffice is, is good. Um, but I found myself switching to LibreOffice more and more just because I couldn't even tell you what, it just feels nicer to use. I know it sounds dumb, but yeah. there's just something about it. I, and I can't even tell you what it is. There's just something about it I prefer using. <laughs> Smooth operator. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't really understand the, how that works. It's all psychological, um, maybe, son. maybe it's because I'm on Linux a lot more now, yeah. and it's originally a Linux program, so it's a very 
native experience. Yeah. It's a lot like GIMP. Like this computer I've got here, this one I'm on now, my gaming rig slash streaming rig, it's 10 times more powerful than my work computer. Um, but when I had Linux on my work computer for testing it out and I ran GIMP on it, it loaded like twice as fast as what GIMP loaded on my Windows environment on yeah. this computer. Um, and now I switch this over to Linux. Like it's it's stupid fast. Like Insane. GameBlades almost instantly. Like it's just Microsoft Paint. <laughs> like it's ridiculous. Nice. Thanks for listening to the Aussie Tech Heads show. We can be found at Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Email us Will or Warlock at aussietechheads.com.au, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.